Hey, y'all. I'm Jordan Gill, host of the System Samey podcast. More entrepreneurs are seeking freedom and flexibility, but how does that really happen? Systems, of course. I'm lifting the hood to my successful life-first business, sharing strategies and thought-provoking prompts to how your business can accomplish the same for you. Let's get it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the System Samey podcast. I'm Jordan, and I'm glad to be back after I had to take uh, a week off due to intense sickness, uh, and I was sneezing and coughing, and voice was just not there. So uh, I hope that you enjoyed getting to listen to an oldie but a goodie uh, last week, if you did. And today, I wanted to discuss making difficult decisions in business, because I know a lot of us are in this space right now of making difficult decisions, mainly around pivoting in business, handling life, while business is also, you know, needing you. And so I just wanted to share a little bit behind the scenes of how I make difficult decisions and navigating them. Because it It's one of those things that no matter how long you're in business, making difficult decisions, in my opinion, doesn't get much easier. It's still a difficult decision. However, you know, I'm one of those people who, once I'm aware of something not working for me anymore, or my capacity has shifted, or something like that, like I can't become not aware of it. Like I'm not one of those people who just can push through stuff very well or pretend like it's not really an issue because I've had so many bouts of capacity pressure that I can really spot it a mile away. And when life is throwing you loads of difficult situations, um, especially for me right now around a lot of loss and grief, um, I have to lean in and, and again, take a massive look at my energetic capacity and to be honest, my joy capacity as well. So I wanted to share some recent decisions, some of which have gotten flack, (laughs) um, but were necessary for where I'm at right now. So first things first is my decision to only allow for early bird ticket holders for Make Your Mark Live 2024. They would be the only ones who could apply to speak at my event. And what that looked like logistically, and then I'll get into why I made that decision and all that, is essentially if uh, we opened up 50 spots for early bird tickets and we sold all 50 wild and those 50 individuals will be the only ones eligible to apply to speak. And from that group, the chosen keynotes and panelists will have their tickets reimbursed and they will have a paid speaking engagement where we also cover uh, their accommodations and, um, uh, their, some of their travel, all that stuff. 
And the reason that I made that decision is like several fold. (laughs) I don't even know how many fold, honestly. Number one was, again, my energetic capacity has definitely shifted since the last time we did speaker applications in the sense that we previously had gotten like 180 applications within two weeks for our events. And I don't have the energetic capacity to go through 180 applications. Now, my team uh, usually uh, are the ones who have to go through all of those. And I have significantly reduced my team, um, which, again, is another difficult decision. But in order to, again, align with just where I'm at in my season of, of life. And so... Because I don't have the big team who can source through all of those applications for me, I had to think through, okay, I don't have, I'm not going to go through 180 applications. Like that's just not going to happen. And so how do I reduce the amount of applications, but increase the level of quality and the level of trust that I have in the applications coming in. And that was when I decided that it made the most sense to have it be tied to early bird ticket folks, because I'm always the kind of person that loves to uplift my own community um, rather than going after the big names and the shiny people. Um, That's just never, ever been my MO, uh, my mode of operandi. So when I made that decision and put it out there, my community understood and was very excited, right? Because again, that's, if you look at all the virtual conferences that I've done, like the majority of the people who spoke, and that's like big majority, were people from my own community. And so it just made sense too that that would continue. So when I uh, put it out there (laughs) that I was doing this, oh, it's so funny. People got real mad, (laughs) Uh, which is okay. Like, again, I don't, I don't make my decisions to make other people happy. Um, And so, you know, people said that I was exploiting people and that I was missing out on professional speakers and all this sort of stuff, right? Which... It's fine. Like, I, I don't think that I need professional speakers on my stages. I actually really thoroughly enjoy having people on my stages who haven't spoken a lot and that this is a really awesome opportunity for them to shine. Like, that makes me really, really, really happy. And so it's one of those things where, you know, could my feelings be hurt? Sure. However, it actually highlighted, for me anyway, it highlighted the fact that I made the right decision because if you just wanted to come and speak on my stage, you know, get paid and bounce, then that's the opposite of the type of speakers that I would want to have on my stage. I want people on my stage, again, like I said, who've been impacted by either myself or my community, right? So... I actually felt very grounded in that decision. And even with all of the backlash, I still feel very grounded in making that decision just because 
you know, there's so many events that you can go and get paid for and like, it doesn't matter who the audience is and whatever else. It's just, you're there to collect the check and, and whatnot. There's so many of those events that my event doesn't need to be one of the events that is in that same vein, right? So made that decision, got some flack, the end. <laughs> and so again, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when people get upset about that decision, it either can be, it, it can be difficult to hear. And at the same time, it can also highlight if you made the right decision or not. And for me, it, it was making the right decision for that. Second difficult decision that I made recently was actually shutting down Ready, Set, Collab. So uh, if you're new to me, Ready, Set, Collab is a collaboration network where people could connect and collaborate through all sorts of ways, whether it's guest podcasting or speaking or guest experting or uh, podcast shout outs or summits or who knows, so many different collaboration types. And we just had launched Ready, Set, Collab in April of this year. And so we pretty much, yeah, had it open for like six months, I guess, at this point. And because of the amount of loss and grief, um, again, in my life right now, along with other, other items, it, it didn't seem fair for me to continue the network when I wasn't going to be able to show up in the way that I wanted to be able to show up. It just wasn't fair. And again, is it going to affect my revenue on the month? Yes, it is. However, I actually have connected with, again, a good friend of mine who has a really great opportunity for people who want to continue on that path of collaborations And it's going to be a really beautiful connection for the folks in Race at Collab, but even my my audience in general, if they want to continue down this road, here's somebody who has the capacity, who I trust, who I know very, very well and have known for a couple of years at this point. And you're going to be well taken care of. And not that they wouldn't have been taken care of, you know, uh, through me on Ready, Set, Collab, but... I just had to be really, really honest again about my energetic capacity, my joy capacity, and what would be the fairest for my community. So made that decision and I will be closing down technically November 10th, I think. Uh, And again, we'll be um, either connecting people to this new opportunity or again, people can go on their merry way. And again, I think that so many people I've, I've had a lot of interesting conversations, um, super recently, but, uh, really again, kind of just during my whole business that they have just noticed like, and admired how I've been able to pivot and pivot a lot. (laughs) I've had like three different business names. I've had all sorts of offers. I've probably launched 40 or 50 offers at this point. I have become an expert in several different avenues of systems and VIP days and collaborations and AI and who knows what else. I don't even know. But 
I, you know, I've still been able to, again, find my way through all of those pivots. And so regardless of the fact that I am shutting down Ready, Set, Collab, I know that, again, with everything, it's a season. And so can I open a Ready, Set, Collab back up again one day? Sure, if I want to, right? And and that's a possibility. But for now, that season um, is closing because... I'm being honest with myself and I'm therefore being honest with the Ready Set Collab members. And the third, I mean, I guess it's not really like a, I guess it is a decision, but anyway, my third decision is centered around like, okay, well, if I'm not doing Ready Set Collab and what not like what are what the heck am I selling what is where is my revenue coming from where are the things and I you know make revenue in other ways besides ready set collab but like okay you're gonna take this hit what the heck is happening and you know it's it's really fun to be able to say that again I have been obviously a big fan of VIP days And so I have sold some VIP days recently that fill me up with so much joy. And I'm like geeking out over them. So hardcore. I'm like tickled pink that I get to go back to doing a lot more VIP days. And that being uh, a really big area of my time and really just getting into an offer that just fits exactly what I want to be doing and what I'm excited to be doing. Right. And of course, you know, I have to say VIP days are like, obviously the most like life first offer that you can ever like have on the planet. Yes, I'm biased, but also it's true. (laughs) And what else I want to do are affiliate offers. And again, really my, my superpower of connection and highlighting really amazing and awesome people is something that I find tons of joy of. And so I've had to really think about the collabs that I do and it's requiring a very different approach to collabs than I've had previously. And that being that number one, I am going to not be able to moving forward, do any sort of uh, like collabs and whatnot that do not have uh, an opportunity to make money through affiliating just because if, if making money through affiliate offers is going to be a significant part of my revenue, then I can't do a ton of opportunities that you know, my affiliate income, you know, there's a lot of $9, $27, $97 offers that I, again, I could make 30 to 50% off of, but that's not going to equate to my revenue being like significantly impacted, right? In the positive way. And so I'm having to really look at, okay, the offers and the opportunities that I am going to be affiliating for are going to need to have somewhat of a significant uh, affiliate commission. 
And that's not what I'm going to, I'm not going to just say yes to things because they have a big affiliate commission. I've literally never been that way. And I don't think that that's necessary. However, I am having to look at, okay, if I'm going to be spending time putting a training together, or if I'm spending time being a guest expert, or if I'm spending time creating a marketing campaign for this collaboration, I will need to be adequately compensated for that um, moving forward. And so, um, you know, I think that there's just such a difference with that because I've always been pretty, and I mean, you know, guest podcasting or things like that are a little bit different than like a true marketing campaign where I'm emailing my list or talking on social media. And like, I'm, I have a few collaboration opportunities that I've already said yes to that I'm going to honor and, and be a part of. And moving forward, my uh, selection and qualification is going to be more toward uh, evergreen offer opportunities and even recurring revenue opportunities and those sorts of things because of, again, how instead of affiliate money being my fun money, which is really what it is now, to actually being a significant part of my revenue source, I just have to look at them very, very differently. I actually had a really beautiful uh, Instagram DM conversation with uh, Jill Stanton of previously the Screw the 9 to 5 membership. Now she has the uh, Millionaire Girls Club. And I hadn't met Jill before, but I reached out to her in the Instagram DMs (laughs) because that's just what I do. And it was just like, hey, I heard, you know, that you took almost two years and solely focused on affiliate offers. And I wanted to know what the drawbacks were. Was it helpful? All that sort of stuff. And like graciously, she sent me maybe four or five voice memos back, which was really nice and more than I was expecting. And she said it was the best decision for where she was at in her life and where she just had to really focus on her family and her personal life. And she gave me some drawbacks or things not to do, which was, which were super helpful. But what was helpful and not that I made my decision to do this based on her feedback. However, it did help me understand again, what I needed to, what I needed to do in order to make this actually work to my advantage. And, and they did a lot of like the bigger launches, like the tribe and digital course Academy and all that stuff. And like, I don't, I don't do those big launches. Um, and I focus a lot more on like services and, um, those sorts of things. So like bookkeeping and uh, brand photography and social media, virtual assistants and those sorts of things. Um, and programs and courses and stuff. But I, I know that I don't want to do a lot of like big launch collaborations as well, because I want to be able to manage my own marketing calendar. And so instead of me having to kind of play Tetris with everybody else's launches. I want to be able to create marketing campaigns that will fuel evergreen offers for people. And I can either put paid advertising behind them or create some sort of funnel 
and have that again be something that is working in the background to add to my, you know, add line items, right? My revenue sources without the intense stress of other people's launches. It's a, <laughs> I could be stressed for my own launch, right? It's like, that's, I'm in control of that. However, being stressed about other people's launches, not, not necessarily what I'm trying to do. So that's another change that I'm, I'm doing as well, because I feel that, again, I love connecting people. I love when I'm able to give a resource or share an experience I've had that I know is going to help somebody else. And so that is a direction that I'm moving forward with uh, next year and who knows, however long, right? So I share all these different decisions that I'm having to make right now. Um, again, mainly because, uh, my life is needing me right now. Um, and in a lot of ways, and I'm also dealing, uh, with some loss and grief. And I've, I was telling somebody, I don't remember, like I, I haven't really had to deal with grief because no one super, super close to me has ever passed away. Um, and this is probably the first time that that has happened and will be happening um, because someone close to me is in hospice right now. So there's a lot of new emotions that I'm navigating. And again, because I'm unaware of how this is going to affect my mental state and whatnot, I know that Again, VIP days, I can show up four times a month and like be epic with my VIP days um, and then be able to manage the rest of the month accordingly. And so that feels very honoring to both the people who I'm doing VIP days with and also to myself. And then basically how I want to move forward will reveal itself, you know, if, if, and when that, you know, comes about, but I'm not really rushing, rushing into that a ton. So I, I just think it's so important to share some of this because I know that it, again, it probably looks like Oh my gosh, you just had this big event and all these things and all of that. And, and it was really great. And also I was really, really mentally in a difficult place. Um, and you know, life doesn't stop with business. Like it's not, if I've learned anything, like when you have big launches or when you have big events or things like that, like that is when life gets just wild and you don't have control over that a lot of times like you can't just be like okay everybody you know nobody get into any funny business everybody stay calm for like three weeks because I gotta do this stuff for my business thanks so much glad everybody's on board and nobody talks about having to navigate tough stuff when you also have a very big business thing happening and it's not easy It's not easy. It isn't ideal. And 
two, I think that I've just had to practice a lot of grace with myself uh, because I'm somebody who, again, is a bit of a control freak. So it has been tough to relinquish and to realize where I'm at mentally and where I can best be moving forward, right? So I hope that listening to my changes and my thought process and making these difficult decisions helps you to really think about where you're at right now and what you need and what your life needs and what your business needs and where you can make changes to align them better. It doesn't mean you need to make the same decisions as me by any means, except VIP days are awesome. Uh, so if you don't have one, get yourself one. <laughs> but I, I think it's helpful to hear how other people navigate these situations so that you maybe don't feel so alone or you maybe don't feel like, oh, no one else goes through this hard stuff. You know, even though we inherently know that. And, you know, of course, I wish and hope that you're not going through a lot of difficult stuff. And, you know, on top of this, all of the conversation and, and media around the horrificness of what's going on with innocent Israeli civilians and innocent Palestinian folks, I, uh, it, it's been so difficult to even comprehend the depth of which everything is going on right now over there. And I have texted privately my Palestinian friends and my Jewish friends and expressed what I wanted to express and encourage them and pray for them and, you know, give give also to organizations to help support both uh, of, again, the innocent sides. And I, you know, on top of what is going on in your own life, you add the layer of what's going on in the world and it can feel really, really heavy. And so, again, just know that you're not alone and that... It's just, it's making these difficult decisions that keep you more and more aligned with where you're at, whether it's mentally or physically or emotionally or whatnot. And um, I, I just hope that there's more opportunity for you to, again, align your life and your business with where you're at right now. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And uh, I'll look forward to you listening to the next one. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram for daily advice or LinkedIn if that's more of your jam. Let me know if anything resonated with you by DMing me or tagging me in stories.